And now for another installment of Stream Theater. Wash your hand of vengeance with too many flicks of dust. Shoot over the ocean fountain, ocean love and free Medicare for all. Well, now that we've done, okay, I hope you weren't driving, dear right. listener, or <laughs> <laughs> perhaps doing some sort of balancing act or something as you listen to the intro to this podcast, because that sound can only mean one thing, and we, we did scream it, but in case you didn't hear it through the horrible vocal fry, we said stream <laughs> theory. It's stream theory. It is stream theory. It is stream theory. It is just as chaotic and wonderful as uh, this movie was in pieces. Yeah, my name's Ben. Uh, oh, my name's Ian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, we do we do the stuff here. We do stuff here. We do do stuff here. Ian, why don't you tell the people, give the breakdown of the show. Tell them what we do. What stuff, what does stuff entail? But stuff entails quite a bit. So if you're tuning in and you're wondering what does the stuff entail, I will very clearly and concisely lay it out right now. The stuff that we do. Mm-hmm. And that stuff... Right. That stuff is we uh, we review one sort of movie you can catch on any sort of streaming property uh, and we break it down through our patented filter. We do the good, the bad and the remake. You know, we crowdsource good things, bad things. And then we all know that Hollywood's just going to recycle the story in like five to ten years. So we go ahead and we get ahead of the curve. We get in front of the ball and, and we make the remake for them here. Uh, and then after all that is said and done, we got to assign some value. And when we assign some value, we go ahead and uh, we use stars. No, just kidding. We don't. We do not. That would make sense. How dare you even think that? False. <laughs> Who do you think we are? Mm-hmm. No, we use a five to your grading scale. It sounds like stars the more I say it, but hey. It's not, it's okay? Not, you don't have because to pay a the top prescription or a subscription for this or a prescription for this. <laughs> no. And it's showtime. So this is the five-tiered system that we're talking about today that's not stars. <laughs> and at the top, Ian, what is at the top of the system you might be pulling your hair out asking? Well, it's a must-watch. Mm-hmm. Self-explanatory. It's important. It's powerful. It's well done. It's a must watch. Must. It just beneath that, you must put put down the pod. Put the, keep the podcast. We need you to keep the podcast. Right. But put down whatever else you're doing and go watch. It's must watch. Go watch yes. it. Go and then just beneath that, you know, it's on the list. What's that mean? It means it's good. It's important. There's, you know, a lot of strong elements to this project. It's not, there are a few must watches in front of it, all right? But hey, it's on the list because it is still important and good. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the middling tier, which is it's something for the background. Do your dishes, do your homework, distract small creatures and humans with it. It's not going to do any harm, but it's not going to really enrich your life. It's something for the background. Uh, and then, after something for the background, we get to the lower half of our grading scale. This is where it gets dicey because we tiptoe into the 
I would rather territory. Well, what does that mean? It means that we, your hosts, have to state something unpleasant we'd rather do than be forced to watch said streaming property again. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, there needs to be the grimy, scuzzy bottom of a barrel. Uh, and, well, friends, the last stop on our on our rating tiered system, the bit of powdered vitamin that, like, doesn't fully swallow and then, like, coats the back of your tongue for a little bit because it, the pill did break down with the water in your mouth, but the, still some of that powdered medicine got on you and it's just not give, It's not letting go of your taste buds. It is the mm -hmm. kissing booth. You know, we had mm -hmm. Artemis Fowl because that was our inaugural one and it was bad. And then, but here's the thing, when you find the bottom of a barrel, what do you got to do except build a deeper barrel? So, uh, so with all of this out of the way, Ben, what are we talking about today through this patented oh. system? Oh my God, let me tell you, man, this is a good one. This is her Amazon Prime Original. Came out, uh, actually came out last year, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, late 2019, late 2019 if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. But it, I think it came out on Prime a little later, maybe? Because I think it was perhaps going to be a movie release, but then, or maybe it's just back on Prime. I don't know. I don't know how this works. Anyway, um, Sound of Music, uh, Sound of Music, Child. Can you imagine? Uh, this is a different take on the sound of music. <laughs> Let me tell you, uh, this is Sound of Metal. Um, it's Amazon Prime Original. It came out, uh, Lisa's release date, I guess, on Prime was November the 20th, 2020. I believe it was at, like, TIFF and the rest of those um, independent film. Yeah, the 2019 is from the film festival. Gotcha, from, from film festival. Um, it, the director is Darius Martyr. It's starring Riz Ahmed, Olivia Cook. Paul Racy and Lauren Ridloff, um, and among others, very talented folks, um, and um, hard, uh, hard of hearing folks as well. And this did a pretty good job with that. Um, cinematography by Daniel Boquet or Boquet. Um, I could be mispronouncing that. I apologize, Daniel. I apologize, but you did really great work in this. Um, mm -hmm. Screenplay by Darius Martyr and Abraham Martyr, I believe the Martyr Bros. Um, story by Darius Martyr and Derek uh, Cianfrance. Um, and you have film editing by Mikael E.G. Nilsson and music by Nicholas Becker, who composed it, and Abraham Martyr. I believe he had some in big influences on how the music should sound as well. And the synopsis goes like this. A heavy metal drummer's life is thrown into free fall when he begins to lose his hearing. Um, I also like to big shout out to um, sound editing. It's a whole team of people. It would have taken a long time to write everyone down, but the sound editing in this sound design, just yeah, perfection. Uh, go on IMDb if you want to look up those names. Um, they're there. It's under the free version. I mean, so. and yeah. here's the thing, like. If you name your movie Sound of Anything, it better sound and your sound good. sucks. Yeah. yeah, you better, you better, you knew that they, they knew what they were, they were like, yeah, we got it. Hey, we really got to do right by this one, don't right. we? Huh? Can you imagine it just sounded like it, they were in a, a fucking crowded airport the whole time? Just, just, it's like, what, what's going on? Why are there planes in the background? What's happening, yo? What the? Did you, Come on. Did y'all do ADR at an airport? Yeah, it's the only place we could do it at the time. <laughs> but no, this is this is really good well, stuff. Well, shit. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so that we should, I mean, we're already there. We have tiptoed into the goods by accident. Why don't we just head dive right on into this puppy? Ben, give me, give me something that really stood out to you about Sound of Metal. We can circle back around to sound design, but Great. Like, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's look at the non-obvious stuff first. Absolutely. Um, something that really stood out to me about the sound uh, um, is the writing. And or the words that are not being said, that are being said. This movie is heavy mm. subtext um, because, I mean, the situation that they're in, they have to rely on subtext. It has to be a story told um, through visuals, through touch, through sounds, um, through taste. Yes, even taste. You can smell something, you can see something, you can kind of taste it in your in um, in in your brain. Um, so all these senses that we're really relying on. Um, and also as the, the viewer, we are meant to look through the, uh, the lens of um, uh, Ruben's um, eye. So a lot of us, we're getting some of the same elements of what it's like to be experiencing hearing loss as well. Um, and that's all in the writing. That's all in the action that they write. So there's a lot more action that they're writing here than it is dialogue. But when they do speak and when the dialogue is present, it's always pointed. It's always poignant and it's always meaningful. There's no wasted moment in dialogue. And as a mm -hmm. young screenwriter, this is how you do it. There's no extraordinarily exposition, um, which is a lot easier for a personal police like this to do. But still, like some people might get caught up in like, well, I, I've been doing it. We've been on the road for so long and blah, 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 blah. Nope, you we were in here. You know it. You could smell what the crowd feels like. You can see what they, they you know. You could taste the environment. They look like they haven't showered in fucking months. It's because they're a part of a band. And it's all in the action. It's there. The dialogue will take care of the cool stuff. You don't always have to force mm -hmm. dialogue. If it's natural and in the moment and truthful, dialogue will tell you everything you need to know and some things that you don't need to know. And all the other action around that will tell you and fill in those blanks. And this does a really good job. And yeah, the dialogue that they use, as you pointed out just a, a little bit earlier, mm. it's, it's very smooth mm -hmm. in choosing the words that they don't say mm -hmm. but communicating all of that subtext through everything else like the camera like uh, the the sound imagine that but also yeah what they're showing you in the people's relationships to one another mm -hmm. yeah i i the writing in this film is phenomenal and my good my good is going to piggyback off yours just a little bit yeah. uh and it's I really liked the structure mm -hmm. of this film in the sense that, like, uh, we are seeing this is Ruben's journey. Uh, and it's sort of Ruben's journey to acceptance, I mm -hmm. suppose, in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And so there are things in this film. There were so many moments that I was like, Oh, like this is kind of like a meet cute. Are we gonna? Is this is this all gonna wrap up really nicely and neatly and comfy? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't. But it sows these seeds that like allow you to imagine, or or at least accept that there is a possibility for a happy ending somewhere down the line, mm -hmm. which is. Uh, and I don't even want to say that because the ending of this movie is happy in its own right. But there were so many times that I was like, 
okay, great. Like, this is where Ruben ends up. This is where Ruben lands, and it's a very comfy landing. And it's because I'm trying not to spoil things here, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but I think you know uh, who I'm talking about. The, the character played by Lauren Ridloff. Mm -hmm. I was very much like, oh, this is great. I love their chemistry. I sort of see what's going to happen here, maybe. And then it doesn't. It takes a severe left turn, and it, it, it I think it makes the film feel very real mm -hmm. while still having... Hero's journey is the wrong word, but I'm going to say protagonist's journey at this point, because, like... I feel you. I do feel you. Ruben, yeah, Ruben is not a hero. In fact, Ruben is a protagonist that we often, we've talked about uh, in the past on this show, uh, is a protagonist that, like, is complicated, is not perfect. Mm -hmm. And that's that's hard to write, so good on him, you know? It is hard to write. It absolutely is. It is. Uh, Who, who's a standout performance for you in this film, Ben? As we're, as we're talking about the goods, who's a standout performance for you? Dude, I got it. I mean, Riz Ahmed. I mean, like... Yeah. It's easy. I mean, like, that's, it's like, that's too easy, but like, dude learned how to play drums in seven months. Dude also learned sign mm. language in seven months. I mean, it's Riz Ahmed. <laughs> like, he, he ain't no joke. He yeah, ain't no joke. That's wild. He had even drummers who, who helped him on set, apparently. It's like, oh yeah, no, he's one of us. Like, he, he learned it. He, he learned to at least have it look passing. And he actually sounds okay. I was like, oh, that's pretty big. Uh, yeah. That's pretty big uh, praise from drummers. So yeah, that's that's not only that, but he's just in the moment. And he's listening, which is hilarious to he say is, because he is very right. yes, yes, the, the irony is. Yes. But he he is also very raw and like very mm -hmm. honest, and like there is that intensity and energy in each one of his his scenes. He is like that desperation. Uh, that he brings to Ruben that's awesome. Yes, yes, you definitely feel it. I I was gonna uh I was gonna give it up to Lauren Ridloff, uh, but I've already name dropped her once. Her her character in the brief time Diane, her character Diane in the brief time that she is a part of the story is like so endearing and very like very great. But also Paul Racy. Oh yeah, he's fucking fantastic. Who plays Joe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think I'd be remiss if I didn't point out one of the uh, other goods of Sound of Metal is the very excellent job they do of showing that like people who are hard of hearing or are part of the deaf community have nothing to fix. Mm -hmm. You know, like this, like the the whole crux of the film is is Ruben sort of like finding where he fits and holding on to his old life. You know, like he he was he was and is still a drummer, mm -hmm. but he feels like he can't do that anymore. And the the film challenges that with with Joe and with Diane and with uh, uh, Chelsea Lee's Jen, uh, all these folks who are just like, hey, you can still you can still be you, don't you know? And and it's I'd be remiss to say that the uh, the handling of that subject matter and. Uh, actually hiring people from the from those communities it just made the film that much better yeah i completely agree completely agree um also i think another good would be um a lot of the themes that are subtly displayed here um uh, there's a couple of that uh, mm. 
probably a few people may have missed, um, but I picked up on um, as far as just interracial dating is concerned and stuff like that. Um, oh, sure. So, yes, the themes of uh, the parent ones of accepting, you know, uh, what's happening, acceptance, um, um, letting go, but still, you know, holding on to something that made you you and appreciating that while also finding new. But there was another thing in there in the um, the last act here. Um, oh, God. But I'm trying not to ruin with, it. I'm not trying uh, to spoil Lou's it. With father. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying not to spoil it. So there's a, there's a scene in there. I'm not going to tell you. Ugh. There's a scene towards the end um, where he meets his love interest, his father, and they have a discussion. It's kind of weird <laughs> and tense, but there's also a moment between him and his partner. Him and Lou um, are together, and they're kind of in the new part of their lives, and Lou says a few things that I'm like, oh, there is a... A line here. I'm not gonna tell you where, but like um, with between him and his partner Lou, um, where they kind of go into their relationship um, and where they are at the time, and she says a few things where it seems as if um, some problematic things. Um, but also, their love is real, and you can tell it's it. There is definitely love there, but they get to a certain point um, in the relationship where you, you can kind of tell, like it, you question whether is it real. Or was it just a phase? And it's done so expertly and expertly woven in and out of that, um, which is surprising because I'm pretty sure a white guy wrote this. I'm sure um, Riz had a lot of input <laughs> as well. Um, I'm sure he's very outspoken um, activist. So, um, but yeah, just it just felt very real. You just like oh, and if you can blink and miss it, right? Because you just think oh, it's, this is just happening. This is just a relationship. But hearing it from a different lens, like myself, I'm like, I get what's going on here. But it doesn't necessarily make anyone out to be a villain. Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, yeah, I, it doesn't make anyone out to be a villain, but you, it's just noted. It's just there, which is a lot about this movie that I do appreciate. It's like some things are just there. They're not meant to be necessarily resolved. They're there. And if you catch them, you catch them. If you know, you know. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, um, and also his reaction to it as well. Him kind of being able to sense her presence a little bit better because of his condition, and that's why I'm gonna leave it at. Because if I talk about it more, I'll spoil it for you, and I don't want to do that. But yeah, that's one of those themes that I think are expertly woven into this fabric of a story that I caught. It could be intentional, could not be intentional, but I like to. My head canon is it is. And she said a few choice words, and so did his. So did her father, where I'm like, I can kind of put these pieces together, and also how he interacted with some other people. But that's that's uh, that's where I stand. <laughs> Hell yeah, no, that's, and I think you talked expertly about like what this, what I liked about this film's structure that I couldn't articulate, which is that like things are just there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're there. <sighs> so there's a difference between, and I only feel the need to explain this because we recently did Snyder Cut, and I feel like one of my complaints with this film was that like there were things that were just there, you know? And I think the mm -hmm. difference between the two is that 
Sound of Metal is like a slice of life thing with a very particular journey. We follow this very particular journey, and the things that are there are these seeds planted for what comes next. Mm -hmm. And we may not get to see that, but they are still sort of integral to uh, Ruben's journey and end point. Whereas something like Snyder Cut, the things that are just there are cool set pieces to happen and then later mean nothing to the overall journey of any of the characters. Yes. And I just wanted to highlight those two things because, again, like like you said, like there are so many threads in this story that are woven and then just sort of stop as... Ruben's journey continues. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I just wanted to really clearly differentiate those two because I think it's a wonderful sort of screenwriting lesson, you know? Mm -hmm. um, not everything has to resolve beautifully or come back at the end, but it should still push the story forward in some way. I like to add that they don't... Uh, they. <laughs> It helps when you don't have extraordinary amounts of exposition because once you push more exposition, the more and more threads mm -hmm. are loose, the more and more you have to start wrapping up those threads, the more and more you start losing yourself and then none of it makes any sense. You're left empty as opposed to this yeah. one. You're just dropped in the story. This is what's happening. And those, so that means those, those threads that aren't finished are meaningful. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. Fuck. Yeah. What else? We talked... Let's talk, I mean, we, we, we touched on it at the beginning, and it would be probably really foolish for us to not talk about what we liked about the use of sound in The Sound of Metal before we scooch on over to the bads. So, uh, you have something you want to you want to stab at real quick, or you yeah, want me I'll to just, jump in? Yeah, I'll just reiterate. Um, we are meant to be with him, one with Ruben. Um, we are also experiencing deathness. That is another vehicle with the POV of the audience. Um, sometimes you can be the friend, you can be the best friend. Sometimes you can be a distant observer, and sometimes you can be the lead. Um, and this is where we are. We are Reuben. We are with him. We're with him on this journey. We're meant to be frustrated. We're meant to be sad. We're meant to be confused. And with the sound design, we are also meant to <laughs> have a tough time hearing just to make us even more frustrated in a good mm -hmm. way. Um, and you start to see it and hear it in the very beginning, and it carries on. And there's some scenes where it's just like beautifully done. Um, there's one when he, hmm, I won't tell you that one. Um, <laughs> nope, 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 because you got to figure that out yourself. You got to see what happens. But there is one that's also in a trailer, I believe, um, where the, a kid is that, because he's with this program, this kid. Is hitting on the um, on the slide, a metal slide, mm. which is of course it's a metal slide because it's not a metal, um, and he can hear and f he can feel the vibrations of the beat, so uh, of what the the kid is tapping, and he starts to tap along, and you can see that the music is still in him, and he can still he he's having a great time, feeling normal, feeling like he once did by being able to feel out that rhythm. It's a new way of it's a new way of listening, um, and it's done throughout the whole fucking movie. I can go on and on and on about it, but what are you? What are your points about it, Ian? That made you light up? Uh, um, God, I I would how the way that sound is sort of its own character in this, mm -hmm. and like 
feels like that uh, without spoiling uh, too much or or anything hopefully uh, this film so there's there's a saying in theater Ben that you and I have both heard I want to say it was a I want to say it was the uh, magnificent Julie Rowe who told us this back in the uh, young young days uh, that to be a bad singer on stage, it takes a really good singer mm-hmm. yeah, to like make bad singing sound good, which sounds like a weird oxymoron, but like to hear a bad singer sing badly is painful. To hear a good singer sing badly can be used to wonderful comedic effect or dramatic effect or, or X, Y, or Z, you know, choose. Mm-hmm. The sound team for this does a really good job of making bad sound listenable. Mm. They don't make it pleasant, but there is like, here's the thing about like truly bad sound design about like irresponsibly bad sound design in film is that it will make you like turn off the movie, you know? And so they had to do this tightrope walk for a good portion of the film between making mm-hmm. it unpleasant to listen to and making it unlistenable, you know? Yes. And so I think mm-hmm. on top of all the beauty that you've already brought out uh, and, and, and touched on, I think that that was a really fascinating thing to listen to and learn from in a way. Because uh, it, it, it certainly is not pleasant. There comes a, fil- a point in this film, imagine that, where the, the, the bad sound is not pleasant. Right, yeah, not pleasant at all. And and their team just did a good job of making it grating enough to like highlight that without making it unwatchable, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, yeah. So yeah, absolutely, because I I could I could go on and on for days about how fucking rad and awesome like the pleasant parts sounded or or their use of silence, but I I feel like it. I feel like they'd all they they deserve a little bit of props for just making bad sound uh, semi palatable. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Absolutely agreed. All right. Um, I think we said a lot and good stuff. Very good stuff. This movie's very good. Certainly, yeah. How about the bads? Whew. All right. This is going to be a challenge, but I think we can okay. do this. Uh, do you want to go first? Since I went first with the goods. Oh. Okay, yeah, I want to go first, okay? Um, I think, and I I am not ever crazy about this as a critique unless I can point out specific things, but there's, I feel like just a little bit of air, not a ton. I agree. But I think there's a tighter edit somewhere in here mm-hmm. yeah um two hours is a tad on the long side um it's it's typically for a lot of dramas two hours is right around where i i love for things to mm-hmm. sit personally myself but it there was a really cool cut at one point where it was the goodbye scene that's what it was between Ruben and Lou uh when they first uh go separate ways not not necessarily a spoiler like at one point Lou needs to go away for some time and Ruben needs to go do his own thing for some time so they are saying uh they're having an emotional moment by a car and 
they do this really great cut between them where it's like their arms are around each other's necks or something and they're they're talking to each other like hey i need this from you you need to go do this so that way like like we need to we are still a team in this but you need to understand x y and z and they do this great cut where it's the two of them sort of very still and then uh, Ruben getting frustrated and it's like a really sharp cut to him, like sort of like uh, in frustration, pounding on the hood of the car. Mm-hmm. And it's I, I really wish that they had played, I think, a little bit more in the edit with because, again, we talked about this at the start, how like Riz Ahmed brings all of this potent like untamed sort of desperation and energy to every scene that he's in and so i really wish that the edit had played just a little bit more with harsh cuts to movement kind of like that i guess i think it would have livened the pace up and maybe even shaved off uh, a couple of minutes but hey you know i could be totally wrong and someone's like oh don't you see it's about him moving towards stillness and so it needs to drag on i, I don't know but that's that's the only thing not the only thing that's one of the few things that i struggled to come up with at this moment <laughs> yeah I, I think the air could have been taken out i would have maybe at 150 might have been a good just kind of like um, but I don't, I don't like to give. Yeah, it I idea. think like five to ten minutes could have really tightened the setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I hear that. I definitely hear that. Um, so this might be an unpopular opinion, because um, <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed this version of the film. A part of me, and this is might just be a subjective thing, because now we have to get to nitpicky stuff. So a part of me is wondering: Is there a movie? where they focus a little bit more on his drumming and how it connects to him on a personal level as opposed to this other take where it's, yeah, that's part of it, but that's not really part of it, um, movie. Because the movie is indeed called Sound of Metal. That means a lot of different things. I think it's effective what they Mm. did, but I also was like, throughout sometimes I'm, I'm like, all right, this isn't what I expected, which is fine just completely fine because it's well acted well paced well edited everything just works but a part of me is like oh man without it being too cliche actually because i was uh i was watching it the whole time myself I was like i'm glad a big a big studio didn't get a hold of this this would have been a fucking romantic fucking bullshit comedy mixed with the drama in here and it would have been terrible um <laughs> i could already hear the shitty fucking soundtrack um <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, God, Jesus. Anyway, yeah. So I'm glad this is very intimate. I, I still fucking wish that some of that intimacy... We we learn that some this is the music... More of the music than even Lou. Um, because then sometimes you run into a problem, which I don't think this necessarily was a problem here. Of like, oh, this <laughs> white woman helped me with all this stuff, which is not the case. You won't probably run into this problem, but a little bit more of that, I would be like, okay, they avoid it, thank God. But to another extent, though, I'm like, well, what if the music was really that love that helped him through a lot of this uh, of his issues, and that kind of was a little bit more of a stronger motif throughout. Um, and that's like, bro, maybe that was a different edit, maybe that was a different script. It's a slightly mm. different movie. Um, it doesn't take away from this movie. Um, I think it may add it by a fraction 
to a, to a new edit. But again, this is picky. It's very picky. So don't go in expecting, because the, tra the trailer did kind of slightly make it seem like it would be like, drummer loses earring, you know what I mean? How will he get it back? You wanted a little more musicianship. Yes, a little bit more musicianship, which is fine that it wasn't, but I was kind of slightly, a little bit, 5% duped into being like, oh shit, I can't wait to see this fucking, these beats come back and hear the beating and, and that stuff, sure. stuff like that. Uh, I may have, I may, might have had a slightly different ending, but with the same intent of not keeping things resolved. And I would have probably paralleled between him starting the movie with drums um, and uh, let's say we build up to this point. We don't know if he can even still hear drums the same, if it's too noisy in a concert space, if it's going to work or not. It's his first time back, but he things are moving at a fucking lightning pace. And let's say he has... <laughs> Uh, hearing aids, and it's just too much stimuli. He just takes out the hearing aids. He breathes. He looks a little nervous, but cracks a little smile. And as he's beginning to drum, which we don't know if it's on beat or not because we can't hear it, the credits roll. Um, and uh, that's just, again, another writer in the room be like, what if it's this? What if we have an alternate ending? So it's like, <laughs> yes, it could work. You could enhance it or could not. We don't know, but that is... I think in my brain, as soon as I saw the movie was over, that was something that stuck out to me. And I would have probably done sure. if I were the director. But I'm not, because ain't nobody paying me for that. So there you go. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Not yet. Okay. Um, I can ramble on all day. Ian, anything else? <laughs> or anything to add to that point? Um, This is overall like a really tight movie. Yeah. You it's, know? It's a titan. It's a titan. Um, yeah, everything you're saying is just based on taste or like nitpicky shit. Yeah, because I, I, I truly am struggling to come up with more things that I would have that I thought the film was lacking in because it's it is two hours long, but they managed to do quite like a lot of elegant things in those two hours. You mm. know, I will say this one more point and then I'm done. Yes. Riz Ahmed yeah. playing a uh, disabled individual. Slightly interesting choice there. I'm sure they needed... I'm sure the producer's like, well, we're not going to make this movie. Because this movie took a while to make, by the way. But I imagine the producer's like, we're not going to mm. make this movie until you get somebody like Riz Ahmed on it. And they were like, okay, well, Riz Ahmed has showed interest. Sure. We'll make sure we get it. Um, would I have probably gone with a, a, a disabled individual to be there? Yeah, we have to. we have to do better about picking... Them and building up, the, building them up as stars and giving them that chance. That's a Hollywood issue. I don't necessarily think Definitely. that was a Riz Ahmed decision, so to speak. They probably lobbied and forced and pushed for him to get it. And so, as did the director. So, I mean, like, I understand the issues. Not making excuses, but I understand where they are coming from, especially they want to get the fucking movie out. And they did try their best to get other actors. Um, uh, um, difficulty for my for, to the well. best of my understanding mm -hmm. everyone else in the cast who does play someone that's deaf or hard of hearing was actually uh deaf or yes hard of exactly hearing. they so they do do a good job of like okay we hear you 
Um, so in case we avoid this, like we will make sure we have actors who are actually given some screen time and some love, which I thoroughly appreciate. This is why this is, is a complicated issue, one that myself, not being disabled, um, cannot too much comment on, but as just a thought, just a thought. Mm. Absolutely, and a very, very important mm. one. Well, we've already sort of tiptoed into the remake as well. Yes, we did. Uh, and I can't think of too much more we would change outside of what we've already talked about. I don't know. Do you have anything? No, <laughs> what are your thoughts, uh, A different cut of this would just be uh, more musicality. Um, maybe sure. uh, yeah. shave some um, uh, air out of it and maybe an alternate, uh, an alternate ending. Again, and then the ending for this one really works too. So that's a that's a fifty fifty on that one, or like a sixty forty on that one. Forty changing, sixty keeping. Um, yeah, not again with movies like this. When I have a cop out, I'll say like, I would like to see it in black and white. For fuck, sure, why not? <laughs> Be cool in a different aspect ratio. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. why not? Make it a little more artsy. But other than that, yeah, now, dude, I'm with you. I think the movie pretty much. I yeah. like I like what you did there with the ending wherein mm -hmm. cuz we do see his art and his connection to that art mm -hmm. pulling him through difficult times over the course of this film and it is a kind of absent from the ending that we're given here mm -hmm. so I think you set up a really really cool dramatic yeah moment at the end wherein it's like okay he's had some piece and now he's getting back into the saddle and cut yeah. is he good anymore cut does he not does he not you know what i mean like and you still have that bit of just like oh shit what what i want to see that concert what happened <laughs> you know um, certainly and yeah not even the question of like is he uh, good anymore but like is like but I don't know. Like it, it shows him back in the seat and still being present with his art and stuff as well. Exactly. You know? Is like, this the art going to still get him through it? Um, has he been able to accept where he is? Is he still not accepting it? So you still have that that dichotomy playing through. So yeah, that that's kind of where my brain was. And also, it's just a powerful fucking like boom ending. You know, mm -hmm. uh, it's that that gut punch of an ending where I just like, oh yeah. <laughs> That's that shit right Love there. Love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also just like ending, title card, boom. Ah, uh, shit. Okay, well, they ain't paying me to do that. So, all right, you ready to uh, to, to, to rate this thing, my friend? I'm I'm ready. Oh, let's, let's scooch on over and give yeah. it a quick little uh, one-two punch. What, uh, what are you rating this here, puppy, Ben? You gotta watch this. This is a must-watch. This is absolute must-watch. Absolutely must watch. Yeah, I'm not even going to waste time no. with you here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You got a, a yeah. Brown Lee, too, Riz Ahmed doing his fucking thing. Um, Pakist mm -hmm. Pakistani, I believe he is. Like, beautiful. I, I really like Riz Ahmed. I really like this. He's killing it. Beautiful film. Watch it. Watch it. Must watch. Go watch it. What are you doing? Oh, yeah. Go watch We ain't got nothing else to say. You need to watch the shit. Um, I do have a movie. That with that being said, I do have a movie that we can watch for um, Throwback Thursday. Ooh, what do you think? Another Amazon Prime, not original, but Amazon Prime has it. Um, it's called okay. The Burbs with Tom Hanks. It is on Amazon the Prime Burbs. for free, at least when you have the subscription. Um, I'll give you a little. Oh wow! Yeah, Carrie Fisher's also in this. Uh, I'm gonna give you a little synopsis just in case people are like what? Is that? I don't remember that movie. Yeah, yeah hit me with the All synopsis. Right. Tom Hanks and his neighbor with. Uh, Carrie Fisher as his sensible wife 
are convinced the uh, eccentric new neighbors actually are murderers when another neighbor disappears. They're compelled to find the body with hilarious results, of course. Ooh, it's a Tom Hanks banger. A new one. Uh, <laughs> back in the day, it was a new one. Not now, but yes. 89. 89. Big B. Boy, let me tell All right, you. I am... I am ready to see how this has aged. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you stop. Uh. <laughs> that is hilarious. I'm so eager to see how this shit has aged. <laughs> um, let's uh, go ahead and close her out. Uh, Ian, why don't you tell the people who you are, what you're doing, how to get in contact with you, and all right, what's your favorite country music song mm, yeah yeah okay mm -hmm. hey friends uh, my name is ian gabriel gonzalez mutiner uh, you can find me on facebook is ian mutiner you can find me on facebook as i already said that on instagram as sock ninja 888 or you can find me on twitter as sir yikes a lot at baby got knack mm. and my favorite country song. All right, I actually I think I might have one that'll make my mom happy. Okay. I got I got to look up the title of it real oh, quick. Yeah. I think it might be Freight Train is the name of the song. Okay. And uh yeah, my ma my ma uh, if you're listening, I, I hope this makes your heart sing. There's a there's a song by a Canadian country songwriter mm. by the name of Fred Eaglesmith. Oh yeah. Eagle Smith. Uh, what a name. Yeah, right? But uh, he's got this great song called Freight Train, and it's uh, essentially about, like, you know, two lovers parting and one lover saying to the other that, you know, like, I just wish that I was a fucking train and, like, I didn't feel anything and that you needed to shovel in a bunch of coal just to get my heart started. Uh, it was really good. Right on. Hold on, I actually hold on. There's another song from this album that I'm thinking of. Yeah, uh, so I I'm gonna stick with uh, "Freight Train" by Fred Eaglesmith, or uh, he has another song from that album that's rad as fuck called "49 Tons." It's a little bit slower, but still rocks fucking hot sauce. I love it. Nice, nice, nice. Right on. I see you. Uh, sorry, I'm okay. Just trying to make sure I got the right thing still. Ben. Yes. Who are you? Where can the people find you? And uh, where can the people hire you and all that goodness? And if, why don't you tell me, Ben, why don't you tell me your favorite country song? People are dying to know. They're breaking down my door, wondering, okay. what's the next great country hit for that, that Ben Jenkins has, uh, has spied or, or is keeping under wraps? All right, cool. Uh... My name is Ben Jenkins. You can find me on Facebook at Benjamin Timothy Jenkins. You can find me on Twitter at Benny and the Jets. Just three B's, D-A, and the Jets with two S's. It's probably just easier to look me up by my name, which is Benjamin Timothy Jenkins, and you'll probably find me. You could also do the same thing for Instagram, but my Instagram handle at the moment is O underscore apothecary. No, O underscore true underscore apothecary underscore 666. Um, and you could find me on my website if you're trying to hire a brother, casting directors if you're listening, uh, at BenjaminTimothyJenkins.com. Uh, That's BenjaminTimothyJenkins.com, and I will get to you 
as soon as uh, humanly uh, possible. Um, and my favorite country singer, or no, music song. <laughs> song, singer, hey, yeah, bud, you do you. What do you, what's your, yeah. Uh, favorite. Give, it, give us all, all of the above. It's pretty, it's, a, it's pretty easy for me. Um, I do like Promises by Randy Travis. It's a, one of his ballads. It's very sweet. And he also has a masterful voice. Um, Hell that yeah. low grovel to his voice. Um, fat and maybe... Um, oh, God. I'm going to do two. I'm going to do two because just because Charlie Pride has passed away. And also he's kind of the shit. Sorry, who? Charlie Pride. He was a, one of the first black... Um, popular country singers. Um, and kiss an angel. Good morning. That's also a good song I know that from him. Name, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlie Pride. Um, yeah, I, I like the older country stuff because the shit actually slaps as opposed to the uh, poppy stuff. Um, and also it had more meaning and Agreed. it was more storytelling. And also probably it's probably still racist, but at least it was a little less racist. I feel like they're leaning into the the Trump stuff now, but. Um, <laughs> That's where we are. Um, yep, and that's me. Um, and guys, uh, with that being said, we're going to wrap it up. You know, there's a lot of things going down. We know we got Throwback Thursday next week, which we can't wait to get into with the burbs by, with Tom Hanks in it. Uh, 1989, like Ian said, it's going to be fun to see how that aged. Um, <laughs> we know shit's going down with, uh, you know, there's a trial going on. Not trying to remind people of it because people kind of want to take their minds off it, especially black folks. Uh, hopefully, mm -hmm. justice will be served. We also know there was another shooting in Minnesota. We will have links to these places to donate to these um, these causes because we got to stop it. And we love movies. We love talking about movies, but our priorities have to come first. And those priorities are making sure that people are not shot like dogs in the streets just because of the color of their skin. So please do what you can. Um, if you can't protest, donate. Um, and try to protest if you can. If you can't, I know people are busy. Do anything that you can to make sure we fight, we fight, we fight. Um, again, you're like, Ben, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah, I know it's a lot of stuff. I know it's a lot of stuff. We have limited amount of time to do all this stuff. It's crazy. I know, I know. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm going to be kind of calm when I say this, but I want you guys to listen to us when you have the opportunity, when you have any downtime. Just pop us on on your way to work, in the shower, taking a poop, whatever you got to do, um, cleaning the house. Just know that we're too many flicks, and we'll watch all the flicks so that you don't have to. Hey friends, thank you so much for tuning in again to another installment of Stream Theory. We really hope you are enjoying these. We really love making them for you. We know that we have changed up the segments and structure of the episodes a little bit. We would be so curious to hear your feedback. Also, maybe we haven't covered something that we should cover, or we just haven't talked about something, or you disagree with some of our opinions in these Stream Theories. Whatever the case, however you want to reach out and interact with us, you can do so on our social media pages. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as Too Many Flicks with the number two at the beginning and an X at the end. You can also find us at our Gmail account, which is too many flicks.chicago at gmail.com. We are also working on revamping the Patreon, getting a bunch of cool, new, fun 
ideas and merch and rewards up there for the people who do help us out over there. A huge shout out to you all. You're fantastic, especially Natalie Cole, who has been there since nearly day one. All of you mean the world to us, and thank you for your support there. But we recognize that these are crazy times, so not everyone can support financially. Doing something like commenting or liking or subscribing on whatever platform you're tuning in on means it's weight in gold to small podcasts like us. And finally, we know that it is an absolute madhouse out there, and there are so many more important things that require your attention at this time. We just hope that we can provide you with a little reprieve, a little solace from the madness that has become our world, because it certainly functions as that for us, and we're happy to share that. We just want to finish by saying, it's crazy out there, we understand. Please wear your masks, please wash your hands, Black Lives Matter, and stay safe. We love you.